Amen. Our text today is in the book of Genesis, chapter 1. Genesis 1. We'll be reading there in verse 21 here in a little bit. Dr. Clyde Naramore, in his book, The Way to, This Way to Happiness, tells a story of two men who were traveling on their camels in the desert, and they did not know the way, and they were following the tracks of a caravan that had gone the day before. And in the afternoon, a windstorm came, and they had to hide in a cave, and after it was over, they discovered that the storm had changed everything. The tracks on, of the caravan were completely gone, The shrubs that they had seen before were completely different. They became very frightened, and they realized that they were lost in the desert. One was almost in despair. And that evening they were sitting together, and they happened to look up and see the stars in the heavens. And he rejoiced. He said, we're not lost. The stars are still there. The stars are still there. We live in a world that's plagued with storm after storm. We can barely even look at the news anymore. We're getting uh, bombarded uh, with information, uh, unlike any society probably has ever known. And we hear hear bad news in in every quarter of the world now, and it's heartbreaking. Uh... Storms, technological storms, moral storms, economic storms, political storms, storms against the worker, storms against the soldier, storms against families, parents, and children. And many of the old landmarks that we used to have, many of them now it seems have been covered up by the storms of life and People are just wondering what, where to go, what to do. But I want to point to you today four great stars, four great stars. And we're going we're gonna to sort of keep with our theme this month. I've been preaching on family, and we'll start out with this title, Our Four Great Mothers, Our Four Great Mothers. Okay? So stay with me. And so when we think of that, first of all, we think about our mother. We think about our mother who is raising us or has raised us. And whether we were blessed by a wonderful natural mother or blessed with a wonderful adoptive mother or stepmother, we know that in our heart of hearts, we know the mother is the heart of the home. How important are our mothers? Now, hopefully you've had a good mother. We've had the privilege to sit through a funeral this week of a good woman, a good mother, Tracy's mom. And and I hope that has been the case for you. Uh, A mother is is really uh, what makes the home a home. In 1 Timothy, I'm sorry, in 1 Samuel 2 4, Hannah prayed for a child. She prayed for a child. That she would have a child. She wanted to. She wanted to mother her child, and her child was little Samuel. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had, on a Mother's Day, we had a special celebration for my mom, 85 years old. And so all the family that could get there, and we had almost everybody there, almost everybody came, 
as we celebrated uh, my mother's also 85th year. And uh, it was just like, you know, for those of you who remember the old show, you'd have to be at least my age to remember Queen for a Day. It was like Queen for a Day. You know, we could have given her a refrigerator or something. That's what they used to give them <laughs> back in those days. So, uh, but uh, as, many, as many as could come would come and say, Mom, we love you. We love you. There was a time when she was all there was, basically. Now, Dad was somewhere around, but, but Mom was our provider, our protector. She gave of her time, her energy, and her love. There's a time we couldn't have done not one thing for ourselves. We were dependent. And there's hardly any love that compares to a mother's love. Now, I know there's romantic songs about all other kind of stuff, and I'll just leave all that to you to sort out. I'm not talking about that. Isaiah said in 66, 13, he says, As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. God was taking the mother love as an example of his caring, his willingness to comfort us and to give us his heart. A great biographer, Ida Tarbell, on her 80th birthday, someone asked her the name of the greatest persons she had ever met. And she responded, the greatest persons I've ever met are those nobody knows anything about. She said, I ask you, who was greater, Thomas Edison or his mother? When he was young, his teacher sent him home with a note that your child, that said your child is dumb. That's back when you, a teacher would just write you a note like that. Your child is dumb. We can't do anything for him. She said, you do not understand my boy. And she took him home and educated him. And from our history and our light bulbs, we know what a great man he turned out to be. But what about his mama? She did a pretty good job, didn't she? As children, we should never forget that great star. That's one of our guiding stars, is our mother. And she deserves our best. Our second great mother is Mother Earth. Mother Earth. Have you ever thought about Mother Earth? God was so kind as to provide for all of us mankind, and animal kind, and plant kind, and mineral kind, Thousands and thousands of years, however far back all this goes, and it's all debatable, and it's, I'm not going to debate it. God has given us this beautiful planet. If you look at it from space, unless you're a member of the Flat Earth Society, you look at it from space, that blue and green, beautiful planet to live on. This is Mother Earth. In Genesis 1, 26 through 31, Then God said, Let us make in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. 
God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of the earth and every tree which has fruit yielding seed. It shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth, which has life, I have given every green plant for food. And so it was. And God saw all that he made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, and that was the sixth day. So in this book, we find that God... Our Father created us. There's an old black gospel song that talks about about a a mama who goes down and goes by God as a mother going down by the creekside and, and slopping up some mud into her hand and forming that into a into a body, into a body. And it says that God breathed into that dust the breath of life. And that body became a living soul. God is our creator. He created us from it with his own hands, his own heart, his own mind. He poured, it says, it says we were made in his image. And he created this world around about us. From the very earth we came. We say sometimes at funeral time, earth to earth, dust to dust, ashes to ashes. That is the way of mankind. That is the way of these bodies. But God created us souls, living souls. And so in this sense, we can think about the earth being our mother. God took of the dust and brought his spirit and made us. And the scriptures teach us that the Lord gave Mother Earth to man to use and to benefit and to live by and to live on and and somehow to survive and to thrive. God has given us so much, so many blessings. We live in probably one of the most beautiful places in all the earth right here in western North Carolina. We take it for granted, don't we? But there are many beautiful places across this globe. And there are many places where God has given people to make their life. Man was urged to subdue and to manage the earth. I remember one time we were sitting at my father-in-law's table. Actually, it wasn't my father-in-law back then. I was just that boy that had come up to, to try to take his daughter. And you know how that... How that look? Yeah, you going into the ministry, you know, whatever. However, that was going to turn out. Where is Jane? I want to make sure. There you are. Okay. I'll dress this up a little bit. And he he had uh, just retired, and he had all these. He had a garden, and he was a hardworking man. He unlike me, you know, he could fix everything. You know, he could, and so. Um, so we had all these vegetables, 
It was one of those summer days, and the tomatoes are there. Everything's ready, you know. Had all these vegetables everywhere. And I said something like, or he said, you know, the Lord couldn't have made all this without me. And I'd just come from church, and I was a little hot-headed. And I said, well, you couldn't have made it without the Lord either, or something like that. Well, you know, it's true. <laughs> Didn't bear saying, actually. He had already said it. So it's just comfort to some of you young guys who've made a bad start. You know, there's still hope. <laughs> We have been given, mankind has been given the responsibility to manage the earth, to care for it, I would say, to to work it. And it's true, I believe, that we do have a responsibility to help maintain our planet. Now, I know there's politics all screwed into this, and you want to get into that, you just go right ahead. You know, I'm just talking about what the Bible says. Adam wasn't sent into the Garden of Eden to tear it up. He was sent there to help manage it, to look after it, to be a part of it, and all of that. Man is steward of the earth. Earth is our mother, you can say, and, and we not certainly shouldn't destroy it. Psalm 115 says this, May you be blessed of the Lord. Maker of heaven and earth. The heaven are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of man. The earth is, Mother Earth deserves our best too. Our third great mother is our country. Our mother country. Isaiah 51.1 says, Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn. And to the quarry from which you were dug, blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. Our country, I think, has the greatest history in the world as far as countries go. Now that's, that's you know, that's my opinion. I haven't been around, but you know a few years. There's been some great nations. But I think democracy and the way it's practiced is about as good as it can get. And I think we are very fortunate. We are fortunate if we have been a part of this country. We are blessed. Most of us didn't do much to be Americans. We just started up here. But some do come from other places, like our forefathers. And so our country, we are blessed to have a mother country like we do. I believe. We're not perfect as a country, but we have the responsibility to pray for our country. We have the responsibility to submit to our leaders, to participate in our government. We are given that opportunity, and I think it's a God-given opportunity for us to participate in it and, and pray for it to have justice and mercy. Thomas Jefferson said this. He said, patriotism is not a short frenzied outburst of emotion, but a long and steady dedication of a lifetime. It's not just in the high moments when we hear a great song like we just heard and it builds up a little emotion and enthusiasm. It's all the time. 
We're to be steady and steadfast and thankful and working to help make our country better in mercy and in justice. And we're facing, I think, a grave time in our country. You could say so politically. Would you say so? You could say so economically. You could say so. You could say militarily. Yes, you could say so. And you could definitely say spiritually. Our country's in real need spiritually. We have, we have put ourselves in a position to lose what we've got or what we were, was handed to us in our country. A long time ago, Bishop Sheen said it this way, America will not be slain by enemies, but America, will, America can commit suicide. Great nations rarely fall to the betterings of the enemy. They wither from within, from loss of soul. Sixteen out of nineteen civilizations that have passed away from beginning of time, decade from within, decayed from within. Very often an attack from without strengthens nations. Is there an enemy invasion at the end as there is in the Roman Empire? It was merely the visit of the vultures to the carcass. It had already died. And that's the way it'll be if it happens here. We will have already died by the time any enemies will have anything over us. The third great mother, our country deserves our best. Our fourth great mother is Mother Church. As Christians, to have a church, to be a part of Christ's body, to have a place among God's people, God's family, to be a part of the family of God. And that breaks down all other boundaries, family, racial, national, ethnic, There's no boundaries whatsoever in the kingdom of God. We are not just a national institution. The church is not a national institution. We are an international. We are a universal institution. And it's important, I think, that we remember that uh, when we are looking out across at other peoples. Acts 14, 26 through 28, this from Paul's life. They sailed to Antioch from which they had been commended to the grace of God for the work they had been accomplished. And when they had arrived and gathered the church together, they began to report all things that God had done with them and how he had opened doors to the Gentiles, to the outsiders, to even those who were considered enemies. And they spent a long time, it says, he spent a long time with those disciples. This church of Antioch sent Paul out. There wasn't another church around would have done this. They sent Paul out to be a minister to the foreigners, to the Gentiles. The church ought to be dear to our heart. Now, I had this privilege growing up. Am I on? I'm not on, am I? Because I want to step around here. Am I? I'm not on. He's shaking his head at me. Well, I'm not going to be on. I can't get it on. Sorry. I had the privilege growing up to move a whole lot. About every year or two growing up, we moved. 
And it was new schools and new friends. And I can't remember the friends. I can remember some of the schools. I can't remember too many teachers. But I remember every church. Wherever we went, we went to the nearest church. And I don't know what all was going on in these churches. I was a kid. But I'll tell you this. Every one of them received us. We had a place in every one of those churches. And it was like you had a home. It's like you belonged there. Even though you were only going to be there a little while. And you'd be in another one somewhere else. It was like you belonged. You were part of it. That's the way it is when you're part of the church family. You belong. You're a part of the family. You're there, a part of it. It certainly deserves our best. It deserves our best. Um, when you come in, when you come to Christ, you come to Christ alone for salvation. You come just with your soul in hand. And you, and you lay your soul out before God. You say, Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. Lord, I want to confess my sins to you. I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins and come into my life and I want to follow you. I want to be a Christian. But when that door has been opened into your life and you pass through the door of grace, I want you to know you've passed also into a family. You've passed into a place where there is encouragement, where there is comfort, Whereas opportunities to serve, you pass into a very important place. Don't ever take for granted your mother church. I'm just talking about your home church. I got a home church somewhere. And I told them when I left, I said, listen now, you've sent me out. You better always remember me in prayer. You're the ones that put me into this this opportunity. And there's very few there that even go to that church now. It was there when I started, some of the older heads. But I still consider them my home church. But I've come up here to do mission work. It's been longer than I thought it would be. But our church, you'd be proud of your church because of whose it is. It's Jesus Christ Church. It doesn't belong to anybody in here. If somebody starts talking like they own a church, they don't own the church. He owns the church. It's His body. And you love the church. You know, sometimes our mama would have to get on to us. My mama kept a little switch on the refrigerator. And she would do a little tap dance on your legs. That's why I almost always wore long pants <laughs> as a kid. Sometimes church is not easy. But we're to love the church. And if you get a place to serve in the church, you take it just as proud as you can. You do the very best you can. I don't care what it is. It's, if it's praying for the church, if it's serving the church, if it's mopping up something somebody spilled in the church, if it's changing a diaper. You used to have a sign down there, Marianne. 
I don't remember what it was. <laughs> Can you help me there? The end of it was we shall all be changed. <laughs> Say it again. Not so fast, Bruce. You talk too fast. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Thank you. That was what I needed. Man, I tell you, the greatest opportunity in life is to be a part of a church family and to serve in it. Don't take it for granted. Don't get loose in your regard for it. Don't let it become a habit of ignoring We shouldn't forget any of the great mothers. We certainly should not forget our mother church. Because it's eternal. The church will outlast this country. Lord, if the Lord tarries. The church will outlast our own mother. The church will outlast... um, Everything. Help me. The earth, it will outlast the earth. You think you forget my sermons. I forget it in the middle of what I'm doing. (laughs) Theodore Roosevelt said it this way about, about his church. After a week of perplexing problems, he was a president, by the way, those who don't know that, and he did contest. It does so rest my soul to come into the house of the Lord and worship and sing and mean it. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. And to know that He is my Father and takes me into His life and plans. And to commune personally with Christ and with His people. And I'm sure I get a wisdom not of my own and a superhuman strength for fighting the moral evils I'm called to confront. That from the president. Wherever we're at, we got our own battles. Thank God we got a place to worship and lay it all out right there. Let's sure don't fight in the church. Amen. We don't want to fight in the church. God bless it. (laughs) We want the church to be our place of getting strength. There's our fellow soldiers next to us. We don't fight with them. We're a part of them. We're together. You come into the church family by professing your faith and baptism. You come into the church family if you have been professed your faith and have been baptized. You come from another church. You're welcomed into the fellowship. We can be a part of the church family. And I, perhaps the Lord's speaking to your heart about those kinds of things. We have four great mothers. And we have a great heavenly father. Who loves us. Father, we thank you now for your mercies and graces of life. And God, how you have given us through our own mothers and families, through this earth that we live on, Lord, the blessings of a country, and then to have a church family that's dedicated to the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
in spreading that good news that we all can be saved through Jesus Christ. We all can find hope and purpose. We all, Lord, can find a place in your family. So we love you and thank you now for Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn together, hymn number 294. And as we sing, I invite you, maybe the Lord today, there's a decision to share, to make today. You come as God would lead today. Let's stand together as we sing. Living in me. 